This is the Smarts and Stripes Podcast. We cover every bump, every spot, and chat with all the talent around the world of wrestling. Here's your host, Bill Matz, former WWE referee Kevin Keenan, and Eric Golden. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smarts and Stripes, episode two. We're back. We are back. We got picked up. For, uh, we got our second run here. We're getting just another one. Let's get right into it, gang. Of course, I am Bill Matz. I am joined by Kevin Keenan and Eric Golden. Uh, we've got Fastlane to get to, so let's just get right to it, guys. Uh, the Usos retain versus Miz and Shane McMahon. Of course, the big story is Shane McMahon turns on the Miz. Yeah, the Usos retaining is kind of just the forgotten thing here. It's kind of... Uh an afterthought, not even a backstory, but just an afterthought to uh, the build of Shane versus Miz at WrestleMania. I, you know, I was tweeting from the account during Fastlane that I, I can get with this. You're always going to get something big with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania. The Miz is a star. Miz knows, you know, knows all, the, you know, what to do with WrestleMania as far as all that stuff goes uh, in a big match situation. I, I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see something really, really good here. These guys never disappoint, uh, given their respective roles, any time when they performed in WrestleMania. Yeah, this match was kind of all about that story of Shane and Miz. The Shane-Miz thing has been uh, really featured on SmackDown television. This match itself was really good. That I loved, because uh, I'm just so tired of Shane doing the coast-to-coast bump, mm-hmm. that I love that they finally changed it up. Like He got cut off. That was a hell of a bump. Uh, where he gets cut off there, and uh, just a little thing I loved. Uh, Miz doesn't go to the top rope a lot. Mm-mm. No, doesn't doesn't do it. He doesn't leave his feet. So that finish, to get to there, uh, they did a little thing. They set it up with him using a couple high-risk moves earlier to set up the story of, oh, he's in his hometown, he's breaking out all the stops, and then they get to that finish where, okay, yeah, this isn't what he does, it doesn't work, but just that little thing of setting it up, I hate when a match ends and it's predicated on something that he, someone never does. This is the whole premise of this podcast, you know, Smarks versus yeah. Stripes, and then you, of course this is audio so you can't see me pointing at Turtle and, and Bill Matz here, but Bill, you as a fan has just picked up on something that a lot of the performers in this industry don't understand repeat to me repeat to me again repeat that back how they set up for the Miz to go up to the top rope he teased it yeah, right he did it a couple it was, different times it was a dive and then there was like a axe like a double axe handle or something what what was he doing while he was done he was educating you yeah. that that's where hey, I, we were going hey i will do this Eventually, it's going to happen. I'm going to I'm going to try once. Ah, I'm going to get cut off. I'm going to try again, but I'm going to get a little further than the first time. Ah, I got cut off. Now, eventually, he hits the big deal. A lot of the guys, a lot of the fan, or not a lot of the fans, a lot of the wrestlers, a lot of the performers. That's a lost art today. That's psychology. A lot of the a lot of the boys and girls don't understand. They just go right to the top rope. Yeah, the Miz was doing a very very old school psychology trick there in educating the audience in what was coming next. Absolutely fantastic. It's exactly what we do in radio here. We give them a little taste. We continue to tease them. I have this sound clip coming up in 25 minutes. Don't forget, I have this sound clip coming up in 15 minutes. By the time it comes to the point where it's going to happen, the caller, the host, the audience, they're ready for it to happen. And we were ready for it to happen yeah, there. It, it, That's my favorite here in radio. And on the other side, we're going <laughs> to... Blank. We're yeah, educating it was, it, the audience. Same thing. It was very well set up, and it was just a little thing, but I really appreciated it. I think this is a good time now 
to get into the Dana Brooke story. Oh, well, not even storyline. Dana Brooke, I guess, going into business for herself. <laughs> and then getting punished, Complaining by the way. that uh, she, you know, she's from Cleveland, I guess, and was complaining that she wasn't featured on the pay-per-view. Uh, she's not featured hometown. on the TV show. <laughs> That's the, yeah. Like, look... Dana's a good performer. She did. She worked hard to get to where she is from NXT into the main roster and turned herself into a decent worker. No doubt about it. But just because you're from Philadelphia or you're from New York or you're from Cleveland or you're from wherever is not a stone cold lock that you're on the show when you're in that town. It's not. It, guys, this is a business, right? So if. Zack Ryder, who was the Long Island King, still is the Long Island guy. If he's not involved in storylines or anything like that, what does he need to be on the show for? Yeah, like, if he's not a feature, mm-hmm. he's not... Just what's place. he need to be on the and show? It's just what people hate about this business is the random matches just thrown together for no reason. And Dana Brooke... You know, they 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 haven't driven the point home that she's from Cleveland like yeah. they have with Dolph Ziggler and The Miz. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't to her it means something, but it means absolutely zero to the fans or anyone else watching the product. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that, if it's a house show and they can just say, "Hey, from Cleveland, Ohio," different story. And then she gets that little house show. Complete pop, cool. different story. This forget it, it's a business. We're already featuring the hometown story with Shane and The Miz. This is a big deal. We have his dad here. That that dude is unfortunate looking. <laughs> this is, you're right, and it's a huge we're deal. we're already telling that story. We're going to WrestleMania yeah, with this. this. Is where, so we're going to tell the exact same story with someone no one cares about? Dana, if she was featured in a storyline, fine. But she's not. But then, of course, I guess we all kind of concluded... She got taught a little bit of a lesson on I Monday on Raw. I texted Kevin instantly on Monday. Oh, my God. On this Thursday, we need to talk about Danny getting punished. And I believe he said something like, what do you mean? I don't know if you were watching that second. Yeah, I'm not really and I was sure. Like, I remember, I remember no, the text. She's getting punished right now. They brought her out in front of Ronda. Ronda even seemed confused. Like, what is happening here? Strictly for that reason. Yeah. Like, and you, you want to play around on social media? Cool. Go have fun with Ronda. Like, it's just not... You know, you want to bury yourself, that's fine, but now you just got buried on television. So you did you did double you did double damage. I just I oh God. What do we we talked about last week about social media being the dumpster of society and how social media is on one hand the dumpster of society, but on the other hand, is the biggest platform of free advertising you're ever gonna have. God, guys, use it right. Dana used it wrong. Long Becky's using, using it, it right. It's it's just unfortunate. Uh, SmackDown women's title, Oscar retains versus Mandy. No one cares. As we just spoke about, I <laughs> yeah. know no one cares. It's the random thrown yeah. together matches that no. just make no sense in the world. That Why should I even want to watch? I literally have to go to the bathroom during that match because I didn't care. And, and that's kind of what it's there for, honestly, is it's a go up and go check out the concessions right now. Uh, the bar defeat Kofi. This was thrown together kind of as that tease that Kofi was going to get put into the championship match. He's Vince McMahon says two different statements. One, I'm going to make it a triple threat match. And two, you go out there right now and we get the swerve. Out comes the bar and they just beat the crap out of Kofi. We didn't even get the, oh, is he really going to pull this off? Kind of like, no, they just beat him down. You didn't need to. No, no. You, you didn't need it. And this was... This was kind of a weird deal, but at the same time, it was genius when you think about it because all you're doing here is building sympathy for Kofi. You know, WWE, WWE, I wouldn't say is making the mistake, but I think they're uh, very conscientious now in the fact of 
they're getting the crowd behind Kofi, but they're doing it to the point where they're not going to have a choice but to put him over at WrestleMania oh, for yeah. the title. This is the exact opposite of what happened with Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania 30 when the fans put their back up against the wall and they didn't have the choice. Now WWE's manufacturing it, and I, I don't think they have any way out of this except putting Kofi over for the title in MetLife Stadium at WrestleMania. Yeah, that's uh, when I was watching this in real time, I'm taking notes, and my notes here are, I don't know if we needed this beat down here, I don't know if we needed to make Kofi any more you sympathetic, did. but then when we get to the championship match... I go, oh no, I take it all back. No, yeah, you no, did it because very, it was it was well done. All you're getting is, you know, when Kofi's getting screwed out of these situations, all you're getting yeah. is that, oh, th- well, that kind of sucks. I, I really wish they wouldn't do that to him. But now when he's getting beat down and the absolute crap kicked out of him, you're going, oh, God, no. Why? Don't do that to Kofi. Now you're yeah. getting some real raw emotion put in behind him. And now you're building a baby face and building that sympathy and... When you eventually get to WrestleMania, you're going to hear a reaction like unlike no other should he go over, That's, solely for those reasons. How many good guys get this reaction that, like, Stone Cold good guys, like, Kofi is a, a smiling baby face. Mm-hmm. How many of them actually get this kind of reaction? Not sure many anymore. <laughs> like, everybody flows back and forth on either side of the heel face thing so frequently. I haven't seen Kofi as a heel probably ever. His biggest heel moment was his his accent that was lost because he was just trying to fit in. The maybe? very beginning of New Day was, they were was heels. literally the only time I think Kofi was ever a heel. And I used to like them as a face then, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. Raw tags, Revival, Retain against Ricochet and Black. And Cable. Another match just randomly yeah, thrown just, together. That means absolutely nothing. Uh, I do was, love Bobby Roode, though. Do you? Yeah. I loved him in NXT. I liked him in TNA. He's just not giving me anything here on the main he's just roster. Not getting, he's just not getting the opportunities. Yeah, I, I, that, that has nothing to do with Bobby. has everything to do with what's being written for him. Um, on top of being a fantastic guy, he's just... He is what a star is. He, he looks like a star. He works like a star. He carries himself like a star. Like When you see that guy walk by in an airport, you go, that guy's somebody. You might not know who he is, yeah. but he doesn't look like, you know, doesn't look like us. He, you know, you know, he, you know, he's somebody, and you, you maybe not be able to put your finger on it. But that Bobby is just so talented. His mind for the business and the way he works and the things he does and the who, what, where, when, how, why. Bobby's in a league of his own. That's uh, what's up with the NXT guys? The recent call ups being featured on both shows. It's just a simple introduce to the audience. Get them, get them some TV time, get them exposure. I imagine you'll see them settle into a brand maybe after WrestleMania, but this is nothing more than just, uh, hey, you, these guys were in NXT, now they're up here, uh, let's get them used to our audience. Because the mistake WWE made for a long, long time was thinking that everybody watched NXT, and that's not the case. Yeah. It's, so, so now, you know, even though we talked about last week, these guys, you know, they're using NXT to build these guys as stars. When they come to the main roster, they're now stars to that hardcore wrestling fan. Mm-hmm. But the seven-year-old sitting with his dad with the John Cena finger might not know who these guys are. So, the more you see them, the more you get to, you, more you, uh, you get to adapt to them, and the more you get to relate. And I was thinking, it actually makes psychological sense in if they're going to set up the superstar shakeup. I guess the week after WrestleMania is when they do it, or right not, around I, there. I really don't remember. To be I, yeah, I know it's scheduled. I just can't remember offhand. But if they haven't been drafted anywhere, 
That means they're free agents, exactly. so they should be on both. I was sure. just like, okay, they're doing things that make sense, and they don't always do that, and I appreciate Aside it. Aside from one of them who well, just gets buried for whatever reason in EC3. I don't understand I what don't they're doing. I don't know. What, he just, they uh, just This is such a mind-blowing. If I read right, he just lost to Tyler Breeze on a main event or wow or whatever show that they do before. I, I saw Tyler. Time, Saturday I saw, Heat, whatever. I saw Tyler Breeze in a dark match before Raw in Philly last week, and I was like, oh, right. I loved him. Yeah. EC3 is another one who's just chiseled out of stone. He's, he's got a great promo. He's got a great look. When the bell rings, he's good to go. If he's I got just, a great promo, why in the hell is his bit, or has it been, him not talking, getting interrupted by the world, I have, and then doing nothing about it? I have zero clue and no idea. This guy was the top guy in Impact. He was He built himself to be a star in this business on their television. That's what WWE wanted. They brought him in as EC3. They did the vignettes with him, dressed to the nines, and all the... I, I, now he's just shining a mirror. N- now he's doing jobs to Apollo Crews on <laughs> Superstars, and it's just this guy is a legitimate main eventer. And like I'm, you know, I might be a little biased because he's a, you know, he's a good friend of mine. But at the same time, I understand talent when I see it. And this guy is a legitimate star. Is he a main eventer? Could be. Is he a upper mid carder? Absolutely. This guy can run with the Intercontinental Title. Oh, easily. At- any point. I'll take him over Lashley at, at any, any point. In any sort of sense. Now, we say this and we understand that the reset does come after WrestleMania. EC3 kind of came in. Who else came in with him? Heavy Machinery. Heavy Machinery. Like all these, yeah. Machinery. All these yeah. guys yeah, kind of came in like in that limbo period where they're setting up WrestleMania. They're going to, you know, they're going to the Royal Rumble. Then they're setting up WrestleMania. Yeah, we might need you to throw you in the Rumble. Something. Right. So yeah. they kind of came in with this limbo period and it was just kind of, you know, to shake things up, maybe some, uh, some fresh things. Who's to say that after WrestleMania, EC3 doesn't start this major run? I, he could. Who's to say after WrestleMania that Heavy Machinery doesn't end up with the tag team titles? They could, but remains to be seen. That's when, like, when you say, "Oh, he's he's on main." The fact that he's even on main event or superstars tells me, like, yeah, I bet Vince has never seen him work. <laughs> like, I bet he looks at him and goes, "Yeah, that's oh, my kind of guy." Yeah, this guy looks it. like someone I could put a title on, but I, I don't watch TNA. <laughs> like, yeah, all right, so. Uh, what was next? Samoa Joe retains versus Truth Andrade and Mysterio. It was fine. Um, it was, you know, I'm I'm happy that that they're putting a title on Joe. I like Joe with a title. This is long overdue for Joe. Yeah, I, that dude is a is an absolute superstar to me. I love Samoa Joe. Phenomenal talent. I, I often and I know they probably just didn't want him at the time, but I always think had CM Punk. And Joe come in at the same time when they were both free agents leaving Ring of Honor. That would have just been absolutely freaking incredible, and the run Joe could have had. He did, he had a great run in TNA, no doubt. I don't that know was the Joe golden age of TNA. Yeah, I don't know that Joe was even on their radar then. To be perfectly honest, I, I doubt it. You know, that's so. That's when I got introduced to Samoa Joe was when Punk and Joe had those matches in, in Ring, Ring of, of Honor. Honor. And that was that's the height of my smartdom there. That's like I'm buy, I'm buying the DVD of those matches and like going nuts on chat rooms about them and shit. Uh, but yeah, the match was fine. I kind of wanted to see one more Andrade versus Mysterio in the pre-show, but I'm glad they got featured on the main card. I think Andrade is going to be an absolute star. Yeah, he, th- I mean, I just I, I can't put my finger on what it is about him. 
I'll tell you who's great. Zelina Vega. Zelina Vega is fantastic. Had a great dynamic. I was. She always has been. She was always a good little yeah. performer. But I just can't. I can't put my finger on what it is about Andrade. I, I. I just. There's nothing he does that's great. There's nothing he does that I haven't seen before. But when he comes out in the cool gear and the way he yeah, walks. Yeah, he's cool. He just has a cool fashion. He's got, you know, he looks like somebody. He's tan. He's got the hair. I I, I, I don't know. I, but I, I, I see big things for him. I uh, speak with Zelina Vega. I, just watching her, I've been a big fan of hers. I started rating a bunch of matches from last year just to, like, just to do it, just to see what kind of ratings I would give them, compare them to the Observer and stuff. Yeah. Watching her, I thought she was great. But observation watching this pay-per-view, Eric Rowan, I guess just Rowan now, Leo Rush, Carmella, Zelina Vega, Lana, Mandy, Sonia accompanies, uh, Sonia and Mandy accompany each other, Paul Heyman, valets and managers are back in a big way. They are. Um, and they're about to be back even more, and I'm not going to allude too much into Ooh, it. Ooh, a tease. Um, but yeah, they're back in a big way, and they're kind of mattering. And I love that, because I grew up on Bobby Heenan. Yes, that stuff matters. Bobby put the Brain someone, was the best to ever walk the aisle. And if you put someone in the Heenan family, they automatically matter. Ravishing Rick Rude. Boom. Summer, SummerSlam 88 in the Meadowlands. Like, I, I'll go back and watch this clip every now and again. It was the... Uh, God, I forget who he worked. I forget who he worked with. Doesn't matter. You know, they come back to that wide-angle arena shot, and, you know... And, they they hit Rick Rude's music, but before they hit Rick Rude's music, you see Heenan already walking, and he just he just he was the man. And whoever Bobby Heenan worked with, he elevated the worker. Yeah. It was I kind I kind of hope we can get back to that with you know even more of a focus. Like the last focus of a manager that I can remember uh, was Armando Alejandro Estrada That's with, right, with Umaga. Yeah. Um, Umaga himself was the star. Yeah, Umaga himself was the focus, but they kind—they really made a great character um, out of Armando. That's the last one I can kind of remember. The women's tags: uh, what, Sasha and Bailey retain against Nia and Tamina. The only thing I want to say about this match uh, is that as bad as Nia is, Tamina might be worse. <laughs> I swear to God, she screwed up like four times. She was in the match for thirty-five seconds. Look, I never. Um I was never a huge Tamina person, never a huge Tamina fan. Um, I actually forgot she was around uh, quite a few different times. I know she's had a couple different injuries and uh, has come back quite a few times. And every single time she's come back, I go, oh, she, I, I, I forgot she was even in the company. But, I mean, that's no disrespect. I just, you know, I just never understood it. Yeah, it's, I, I just, man, I, you want to get these titles over, I get it, Sasha and Bailey. But to me, the best thing Sasha and Bailey do is fight each other. It was like, my favorite thing that they that's, did. I've been, and if this is all just setting up to them eventually turning on each other, I'm awesome with it. But man, they've been they've teased it a couple times, and we never really got there. And now they're the Boston Hug connection. Well, well, my favorite thing was the NXT Takeover Iron Woman match. Yeah, that was incredible. It, it was the best women's match I've ever seen. It, it was stories and the emotion. It was everything I wanted in a wrestling match. Involved in that second, it was fantastic. All right, now we get to the uh, now we get to the big one, the WWE Championship match. It was scheduled for Daniel Bryan against Kevin Owens. We had the little tease earlier with uh, McMahon saying he was going to make it a triple threat, but then we see Kofi come out and get beat down, and then with no setup, they just announce, "Hey, it's a triple threat." 
and the announcers are selling it. Like, we, what the hell's going on here? Who did you think was coming out? I generally had no idea at that moment. I certainly wasn't expecting Mustafa Ali. I can tell you that. Um, God, it just sounds like I'm, I'm just jumping all over people today. But I, again, and I'm sure he's a nice guy. And he's very, very good when the bell rings. But where did this Mustafa Ali thing come from? I think, honestly, Daniel Bryan has pushed for it. That's what I've read. No idea if what I mean, with no, legitimate. With, with no rhyme or reason, yeah. no story, nothing, Mustafa Ali was a 205 Live guy, which is a very good show. Great stuff out of those guys. But now, out, out of nowhere, with no rhyme, reason, explanation, who, what, where, when, how, why, or story... He's all of a sudden shoved in the main event with Randy Orton and Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan. And why? Well, imagine if he didn't get hurt before Elimination Chamber, too. This was the arc, supposedly, that yeah. Kofi was on. Now, would Kofi, would Mustafa Ali be Kofi at WrestleMania? That's, Is that what Daniel wants? Is he that's put over Mustafa Very there? well could be the case. I guess you want these things to happen organically, like it did with Kofi, like it did with Daniel Bryan, but... I will always get on this company for not making enough stars. At least they tried with Mustafa. He got hurt. Well, they're, tri- they're, they're trying. Yeah, they're trying to get, they're spotlighting him at least. But like you said, give me a story too. Don't just throw him in the main event. Sure. Yes, if you want to start him out with Randy Orton, start him out with Randy Orton. But tell me why. why. Right. Randy Orton show up on 205 Live and be like, hey, you're a bunch of, you're a bunch of marks doing flips. And, you know, he yeah. comes out and like beats him, does, or at least challenges him. 100%. Something. Uh, give me a little bit. I, I, they, they never do that. Though, I, and that's 205 Live frustrates. Yeah, all. 205 Live. It's a good show. If you're into, it's not necessarily my thing. It is a good show. It's 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 it's, it's your WWE fix to the indie fan. Yeah, it, that's it's exactly that. And that's never. I've never been super into the cruiserweights, but I'm glad that they get their own show because man, it was just a slog on Raw. Like it was <laughs> okay. Yeah, here's another piss break. Uh, <laughs> Well, again, because it was not even because of their talent. It's because they just come out of nowhere. Like, I don't know the story between random 205 Live guy and other random guy. It's just there, and it's annoying. What? Go ahead, Ken. Real quick, did you guys notice during this match the, the We Want Kofi chants? I did. Mm-hmm. And that's when I went back and said, I take back saying he didn't need more because we are watching a match with the Cruiserweight star, Kevin Steen and Brian Danielson. And Kofi Kingston's nowhere to be found. And the crowd is chanting for the dude from New Day. Correct. That's how, They are actually telling a good story. Like, this, and this, this blew my mind. This plays directly into what I was saying earlier as to why he needed to be beaten by the bar. Yeah. So whether whether that's what they were shooting for, and I, by they I mean the WWE, yeah. whether that's what they were shooting for or it happened, everything fell into place, I would hope, exactly the way they wanted it. What do you think of babyface Kevin Owens? I haven't seen too much of it yet to have an opinion. Um, I love heel Kevin Owens, obviously. Uh, I would have to see a little more before I have an opinion on it. Either way, whether he's a babyface or a heel, you're going to get great matches out of him. You're always going to get good matches out of Kevin Owens, and I think he's done a good job because he's sitting, he's in a heel spot. They're like, oh yeah, you replaced Kofi, and uh, he's the one everyone wants. And he's doing a pretty good job of walking that line. It was weird to hear him come out prior and say, oh, I'm so sorry, Kofi, blah, 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 and be in the little tag match they were together. I'm so used to heel Kevin Owens. Yeah. But the fact that a guy that looks like the three of us can get into the ring and do what he does, 
always makes me a fan uh, of this. That's how I first was introduced to Kevin Owens. Absolutely. He was on a ROH anniversary show over at the Armory here. And I was just like, Kevin Steen, who's this guy? I like that Kiel, Kilstein kill shirt, and he looks like me. So, And I think they're playing into that with this everyman gimmick they're doing. Do you think that's why they're using the stunner, just cause kind of a, an homage to that? Again, I haven't. Well, I think I, I don't think I don't think he should use the stunner at yeah, all. Yeah, uh, he does well. One, he does way more prettier things, and two, the biggest one of the top three biggest stars ever in the industry used that as a finish. I don't think anybody should ever use that again. At least they're using it as a finish, right? The, well, like super kicks, man. If I was if I was commissioner for a day, super kicks would be banned. Uh, the Young Bucks can do what they do. They've made it their thing. But everyone else, everyone does a super kick now, and it means nothing. The Man. young wrestling fan in me always was curious about just stuff like that. Why does Shawn Michaels kick somebody and he's dead and it's over, but so-and-so kicks somebody and they bounce back up in two seconds? Why Why does that happen? Guys I'll don't never even go down that. for super kicks now. They're just it takes like, multiple, oh, I'm yeah. dazed. And they like, uh, well, that's just the evolution of the wrestling know, business. That's, you know, Shawn Michaels... Hit Tatanka with a super kick in 1993, and it was a finish. You know, and Sean used that finish all the way up until the day he retired. But that's just the evolution of the business. And I, I kind of want to give the credit to the Young Bucks for for taking that. Again, they made it into their own thing, but at the same time, a super kick. There's so much other bigger, I guess, spots and moves and and prettier things that these guys do than a super kick to make you stay down. You know what I mean? I just like. Does that make sense? Just, am I, no, am I explaining no, it properly? Right. Yeah, like a power bomb. Obviously, you get it. It's a big slam to the mat from six feet in the air, and that hurts. I just like when you get kicked straight in the jaw from a professional athlete. It should at least knock you down. See, like when you get wrong. one when you get one kick from a, uh, from one buck and one kick from another buck, and you're and you're dazed and you're confused and you're sitting there. But now you get the double kick. That's the bit. Now, now that's the big move. The double kick's now the big move. And you see the Usos doing the same thing. Yeah. I'm fine with the Bucks doing it because they made it their thing, but the fact that every dude who ever wrestled a match in Ring of Honor now does a super kick drives me nuts. Uh, we'll move on. Uh, Becky defeats Charlotte via DQ. Shocking. I, I was kind of expecting that kind of uh, that kind of a finish to the match. Ronda comes out and just attacks, attacks Becky so that she uh, can win by DQ. Now she's in the match. I'm fine with it. I thought we would get a little bit more Becky Charlotte, but the story they're telling is yeah. Becky's got the legitimate injury. And you want to overcome all of WrestleMania. So, yeah, she has too. to overcome Another all corner of they've painted themselves into. I want Becky to win. I think she deserves to have this moment and all that kind of stuff. But they painted themselves. If she doesn't win, the crowd's going to riot there, too. They have absolutely... It's the they're going into WrestleMania with their back against the wall on two different occasions, on, on, two, on two separate issues here. There is zero way possible that they can get out of WrestleMania without Becky Lynch submitting Ronda Rousey in the middle of the ring. Every bit of steam, every bit of credibility, everything that they built with Becky Lynch is gone if she does not beat Ronda Rousey, does not submit Ronda Rousey with disarmor in the middle of the ring, in the middle on the 50-yard line of MetLife Stadium at WrestleMania. They have to do it. There's no other way out. The way this is being yeah. set up, uh, I've... Just because I listen to the Pritchard podcast, I believe you do as well, Kevin. Uh, they talk about the WrestleMania 19 setup and how Vince had a mandate. Was that Rock Hogan? Uh, that was a uh, 19 is Angle Lesnar. Angle Lesnar. They're okay. talking about the setup for this. And McMahon's mandate was, we're making Brock tonight. 
So Triple H goes over on uh, on on Booker, and they do a bunch of other things. But we're making Lesnar tonight is because they're kind of Kofi is the crowd favorite, Becky is the you know organic crowd favorite. They're kind of telling the same story in two different ways, the, the the same story twice. Which has does, me does it, fearing one, they won't do both of those things does that one, they need to do. Does one take away from the other, and does it make you fear you're going to get? No, I think you're going to get both of them. Okay, all right. Um. And while on the surface, to us, it seems like they're telling the same story, the casual fan of the WWE Universe doesn't see it the yeah, same way. Yeah, And I have no problem with and it, that's, they're both good. And that's who they cater to. They, you know, of course, they love no, they having, don't care about me. Of course, they love having us as fans, but they could care less what any of us think. They care about the, th- uh, the seven-year-old who's going to go buy the Ronda no. Rousey shirt. And Roman Reigns could have come out and taken a dump in the middle of the ring, and that could have been the main event of this pay-per-view, and they'd still have my nine ninety nine. Sure. Like, they don't care about me. They know it. They know they exactly. have me. Uh, let's get to the Shield now. Shield defeats uh, Corbin, Lashley, and McIntyre. We Woo! knew who was going to win, but it was. It's. I, I like the Shield, man. I like them being together. I liked them when they first started. I liked them when they reunited the first of like seventeen times. At this point, I am over it. It's annoying. It's three guys being forced down my throat that are already forced down my throat separately anyway. Putting. Getting put over by three guys who, well, at least two of them, probably, one and Corbin I couldn't care less about anymore, who should be the opposite role there. I, I, like, Drew McIntyre was the chosen one originally, supposedly was the chosen one again, and all he's done is getting shit on here the last few weeks anyway. I feel like McIntyre on Monday night was the first time I've been into this McIntyre return. Like, I get it. I know he's good. I know McIntyre is good just in terms of his character and wanting to watch him. Monday was the first time I was really into him. Absolutely. He's about to be the chosen one after WrestleMania. That's well. fine with me. Yeah, if we get if we get a 45-minute Seth McIntyre match, uh, count me in, man. Count me in for that. He was I, the chosen one in 2012 or whatever it was, maybe even earlier than that because I think I was still there. Um, handpicked literally by Vince McMahon yeah, to be, Vince's guy. be the, the chosen one. And it never panned out that way. And I think you're fixing to see it pan out that way coming up here very soon. But with what's going on with the Shield, the thing that doesn't annoy me about it is because we know, <laughs> at least we think, we know Ambrose is leaving. I don't believe that for a is second he, anymore. Why are they talking about it so much? Because they've never done this before. Not once, but I don't believe it anymore. I think they he was... I think that it got leaked to whatever source leaked it first, who told Sports Illustrated, who told CBS, and I think they finally convinced him in whatever way to stay because there's no way in the world they've, they're telling you this much far in advance that he's still gone, he's still gone, he's still gone, and he's just going to be gone. Yeah, I don't I, believe it. I don't believe them. I'm real. I'm real. I'm interested to see where this goes. Let's wrap up. Then, then they did their job. Yeah, absolutely. If you, if, if you don't believe them, they have you absolutely. hooked. No, and that, I really, really like uh, uh, they're telling stories again, and that's what I've always wanted them to get back to. It seems like they have all these, you know, this whole creative team, and there are no storylines. Like, there's finally storylines well, again, and that's so much asked of me, this has to do with the new creative hires and the couple TNA guys and the. I want to say the that's what it's about. I, w- I want to credit to I want to credit it to Bruce Pritchard being I think, back. I and think Road a lot Dog of this involved. I, ahead, I think a lot of this has Bruce Pritchard's hands on it. Uh, and if we could jump forward here real quick, oh, uh, there was a there was a fantastic 
fantastic segment on SmackDown Live that had Randy Orton uh, and AJ Styles involved in it, just going back and forth. Really good TV. And to me, this was the first time that I really felt that Bruce may have had his hands all over this promo. Obviously, with these guys, a build to WrestleMania, right? And that's and that's where we're going. Mentions, you know, from Randy Orton to AJ about shaking hands in the bingo hall. An obvious, so good. So an good. obvious shot uh, at Ring of Honor. Yeah. Randy Orton mentioning about independent wrestling in Orlando and TNA and Dixie Carter. Like yeah. to me, this just this just has Bruce's hands all over it, and it's genius for me. And then you know, I'll, I'm loving it because I can relate. Certainly, and I also love it because they're not burying him. Right, he gets to come back and go. You're using a ripoff diamond cutter, and you're uh, you really followed my career. And then Randy gets to do the oh, you never ripped anyone off, and throws up and the gives him NWO. the end, which was an obvious shot so at the Boa Club. Club. Good it stuff. Was, it was outstanding. It's the first time in a long time, and this is, goes back to Dean too, and all this type of stuff that they're admitting the obvious. Yeah, I hate when people come in and do things that are just no, nothing's ever happened before. No, no, there's no competition. There's none of that. Who cares that you say Dixie Carter on TV? But before, I'm sure was on that banned list. Don't say those words. Don't hate at another company. I'm actually, I, I found it hilarious that they found they said Dixie Carter on television. That was because, really funny. Because nobody's heard the name Dixie Carter, A, ever, if you're that on casual fan. TV, well, if yeah. you're that casual fan, you don't really well, know who Dixie Carter is. They brought her in. They brought her on TV once, didn't they? They did a network special. For a network her. special, yeah, right. Okay. The AJ thing, but, I think. Um, but B, the hardcore fan... Or the in the no fan, the Smarks fans, uh, Dixie Carter's been out of the spotlight yeah, for yeah. for years. So it's kind of like a real ingenious thing to do, a real small thing to do, kind of like a buzzword to grab your attention. It was I thought it was fantastic. No, if you're someone who you know has wrestling on in the background while you're doing other things, say you kind of you kind of do a double out, take, writing an outline for a podcast. You go, wait, did I just hear Dixie Carter's name? You kind of do a double like, take, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, uh, that was a fantastic segment. That's what enjoy endeared me so much to the Monday Night Wars because it was finally, there is a competition. There is more on the other side. Yeah. Uh, real quick on Fastlane, just to wrap that up, because someone asked me my opinion on it on Twitter, and I said, you know, my real opinion on the show, I got to put it over because it had my attention the whole time. And I, especially with the length of pay-per-views now and just the amount of wrestling there is, I can't say that usually. Yeah, good, not great, but it... It did everything we needed to do to advance the storylines that we needed to advance and get invested in heading into WrestleMania. It was finally not just a random filler pay-per-view that I've always wanted gone Yeah, between all the other majors. It was finally at least interesting enough to hold my attention, to want to watch more. Obviously, some of the matches were kind of irrelevant, but overall, it was interesting enough to keep me there. Now, on Monday, Kurt Angle uh, comes out. He is in his, his hometown in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. uh, he gets to come out and announce... WrestleMania will be his farewell match. Kurt Angle finally retiring. Uh, the guy, uh, he's done it all. I'm, ha I'm happy for absolutely him. Absolutely nothing left for him to accomplish. If you've seen his work lately, you go, oh man, yeah. You know yeah, why. he's retired. Those yeah. injuries have really just, I, I can't fault him. Like, you break down, and when you've had how many freaking, he had a neck surgery before he joined the damn company. It's kind of like when Mick Foley was doing all the stuff yeah. in 97 where, you know, he was getting dusted, uh, on the cage door on his head by yeah, China. Yeah. He was taking the big bump off the hell in the cell. And it's like, you kind of wish he wouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah. And then you look at Kurt in the past recent years and you're just like, man, like we know, we know what, who he is, what he's done, where he's been. It's like, all right, Kurt, we just wish you wouldn't do that yeah. anymore. And they, I've, uh, go ahead. They, they did his whole story. I believe you mentioned this last podcast. They did this whole story backwards. Like, 
let him wrestle first. Let him retire, then let him be the GM. Not the way they did a GM to I'm going to vacation and it was a it was weird. It was very weird. It was weird the way they did it. Uh, I just thought they were like, we are not letting you get back in the ring, dude, because you getting in the ring means you getting hurt, and you getting hurt means you taking pain pills. You taking pain pills means but yeah, we, we're in a bunch of trouble again. And all that kind of stuff. Who can give him the match he deserves as a retirement match? Uh, there's only there, one. There's only one. Yeah, there's, there's only one logical uh, explanation, one logical opponent, and it's John Cena. And when you think back, it makes complete sense because John Cena... Uh, versus Kurt Angle was John Cena's John's very first match, match on the main roster. Ruthless aggression! And Kurt Angle's last match should be John Cena. I don't see it any other way. And it's the only way to get Cena in Mania, in my mind, that isn't just a random thrown-together match that I don't care about for the seventh year in a row for him going on with his movies. And regardless of what anyone thinks, John Cena is still the top guy in the company. Oh, yeah. Regardless, uh, I mean, you, you can sit here and argue with me, Roman Reigns and all these other guys. I don't really care what what you say. John Cena is still the top guy. He's the Hulk Hogan of this generation. He's the Stone Cold Steve Austin of this generation. He's still the top guy until somebody unseats him. That's just how it is. And that's, So Kurt Angle essentially is going to go out with the top guy in the industry. I've been, I've been, t- I've been thinking about it because they've started referring to Cena as the greatest of all time. And I'm like, eh, oh, I but I'll that. tell you what, I'll... I, it's not true, but everyone knows that, and that's why I'm fine with it. I appreciate it because it's telling me the stuff I really grew up with mattered. It's like, oh, Absolutely. yes, this generation that isn't the Attitude Era, that isn't Hulk Hogan, it's still a big part of our history. This dude won 16 titles. <laughs> Quickly now, Triple H and Batista at WrestleMania. This is pretty big. Uh, I really, I've dug uh, what they've done with the promo work. We know we're probably not going to see too much physicality until the actual match. Because neither one can handle it anymore. Yeah, no, but... I mean, Triple H gets hurt every time he wrestles now. Uh, and that's, I, I credit him for doing it, and he's he's never going to miss a mania. Does it say something about the company's state right now that he still has to do this? He doesn't have to, though. I don't think he has to. He doesn't have to. I, I think at one point he did. But okay. right now, like I don't think this is a half to match. I just think this is a way to get Triple H isn't, on the card. Triple H isn't a he's in a top star. It doesn't matter. The WrestleMania is going to do the same the same numbers with or without Triple H. It yeah. doesn't matter. Uh Triple H is by and large an executive. Uh like we said last week, WWE in WrestleMania is is the attraction. It doesn't matter if he's on it or not. I think he genuinely still likes doing it. Oh, he yeah. still likes being in the ring, and if he can get his fix, it's like a drug, man. Oh yeah. If you can get your your fix a couple times a year, and let's not get it twisted, he's still getting paid as a talent on top of being paid as an executive. Oh, absolutely. So oh, yeah. if, if he can go out there and get these big uh, these big bonuses a couple times a year, why not? Oh, that's what always makes me laugh. That like every year now, Shane gets a mania match. Triple H is getting a mania match. I'm like, you know, they're double dipping on this, right? Like oh, they sure. absolutely are. Oh yeah, and make that money, man. Oh, I they. You're not going to get an argument out of me. I will never... I I am like the biggest Triple H mark you'll find. I love Hunter. And the fact that this dude loves the business as much as he does... Like, he tours Peck in November. And Mm -hmm. he's going to go out and have what I bet is going to be a decent enough match with Batista. 100%. All right, now we are going to wrap it up. That was episode two of Smarks and Stripes. They're going to let us do a third, I heard. I heard we might even get a third shot at this thing. So that'll be... 
that'll be a lot of fun heading into WrestleMania. A lot of big stuff up ahead. So I got to uh, come back and argue with you guys again? Yes. We have to teach <laughs> you the business here. We uh, need to let you know. Yeah. What really goes on? Yeah, that's it. I'm just waiting. I'm just waiting for to use like a term wrong, and Kevin can score. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun, really. I can't wait to miss you, schmaz or something. (laughs) That is all the time we have for you on Smarts and Stripes. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. 